This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Tomorrow marks the 130th anniversary of Tchaikovsky's death in St. Petersburg, Russia in 1893. I spoke to world-renowned choreographer Matthew Bourne about his Tony-winning, gender-bending rendition of Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake when it played the Kennedy Center in 2020. Hi, Jason. It's very good to talk to you. All right, so before we get to Swan Lake, where are you now? You're, you're all over the world all the time. You're, you're in London now. Uh, <laughs> tell our listeners what you're up to right now. Yeah, we're in London at the moment we've, we've, it, with our production of Red Shoes that we brought to the Kennedy Center a couple of years ago. And we've just revived it in London. We've just done a seven-week run there. Um, we had a very busy year last year. We premiered a brand-new piece, my version of Romeo and Juliet. Um, so we've had a you know a big year with Swan Lake going throughout that year as well around Asia and all around the UK and and now on this uh, final US tour. So we we we've been in Los Angeles uh, for the Christmas season and now we're coming to the Kennedy Center. That's awesome. Um, and we just want to um, want to just remind our listeners um, your version of it. I believe you started it like in 1994. Five, um, you know, it's right. won won several Tony Awards. You know, it's it's made its rounds for a couple decades now. <clears throat> but in case for some reason some of our listeners maybe missed it, explain how um, you got the idea <laughs> to shake this thing up. You know, it was a, a you know classic Tchaikovsky ballet. But you're explain how you decided. You know, we're going to actually take the traditional female roles and and flip them to male roles. And, and just explain why you why you got the idea to even do that. Well, I figured, you know, the company I was running at the time and still running now, New Adventures, we, we're not a classical ballet company. You know, we're a dance theater company. Um, so if we were going to do Swan Lake at all, we needed to do it in our own way, in a different way. And there are enough classical versions around, you know, a lot of them very good. Um, and so I thought if I was going to do it at all, I needed something very different. So the idea of male swans seemed like a great... Uh, approach to something that's very familiar to people and it it kind of threw up so many interesting psychological things along with the you know the, the being such an iconic piece and casting men instead of women as the swans was attention grabbing in many ways but it was also uh, fascinating for the story you know of a, of a prince who can't love who he wants to love, you know, which is, again, very contemporary <laughs> in its theme. Uh, so even at the time and even now, it's, it's a very contemporary idea, you know, the, um, uh, that uh, figure who's just looking for love, you know, a young person who's looking for love. So it's a very universal piece as well. Absolutely. And so, and that's, 
that's sort of you know how how you change it up a little bit but but don't worry uh you know what elements the 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 beloved elements of swan lake uh still remain of course you still got the same story and all that stuff. oh yeah remind our yeah. listeners why all the, the entire Tchaikovsky well. school yeah <laughs> oh yeah of course you know I, I wouldn't do it unless i love the music you know and, we, and the music is the script for me in many ways you know Tchaikovsky wrote the most amazing music to dance to but also to tell stories to you know he's very uh, dramatic in his uh, storytelling through music which suits me down to the ground because I'm a storyteller um, I mean the other thing that um, the people often say about the piece is that it's all male I and mean, it's not actually it's a third of the cast are women uh, all the other roles uh, played by women it's just the swans that are male um, and I suppose the other thing that to put people's minds at rest a little bit is it's not a it's not a send up you know it's a it's a it's a story that really moves people um and has done for as you say for a couple of decades now it's it's people are often in tears at the end of this piece um as they should be in Swan Lake you know the music says it all it's incredibly powerful tragic music at the end and I, I think we rise to the occasion with the with these male swans, you know, and, and people seem to agree. You know, you see all the hankies come out at the end of the show, and um, uh, that's very gratifying. Awesome. Tell me about the the contribution of. Make sure I'm saying this right. Is it Les Brotherston, the set and the costume designer? Les Brotherston, yeah, yes. Okay. Les is the designer I've des- I've spent most of my career with. You know, he's designed virtually all of my pieces. And Swan Lake was one of our very early collaborations and where we really clicked. And what he's created in the show is is pretty iconic. You know, it's um, become so famous. That look of the male swan is almost as famous as the famous ballerina in a tutu. You know, it's um, an incredible uh, thing that we came up with together of this kind of creature that looks, I suppose, uh, a combination of... Uh, a man, a bird, and an animal. You know, it's a, it's a real sort of mixture of things. Um, and uh, the, the, they have sort of a face paint, you know, this sort of this, this uh, black line that goes uh, down the forehead across the nose. And it, it kind of denotes a beak in a way, but it's it, it, not in a literal way. It's its own thing. It's almost like a tribe, you know. It's very exciting. Um, and his contribution to the piece is, was recognized with the Tony Award, of course. And uh, he's uh, uh, been an amazing collaborator ever since. You know, I love working with him. And what is that made out of? Is it actual, you know, feathers, like, compiled? No, it's not bad. You have to ask him exactly what it's made from. It's sort of mu- it's sort of material that frays quite easily, and um, it's it, it moves very nicely. You know, I can't know exactly what it is, um, but people often try and work out what it is. It's certainly not feathers. <laughs> it looks a bit <laughs> like feathers, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Almost looks like that famous Ginger Rogers top hat thing. But I, I'd have I'll look into yes, what that material yeah. is. <laughs> Um, and it's then how about to um, fly off? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's intended to fly off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then how about the light? Tell me a little bit about the lighting design by Paul. Con- is it Paulie Constable? Paulie Constable. Yeah, it's the lighting designer. Now, this production that we're that we're showing at the Kennedy Center is a brand new production of of our of our Swan Lake. You know, we we refreshed it quite a lot. Um, at the end of last year, or the year before now, um, for this this tour. So Paulie came in as a brand new lighting designer for the show, and she's our one of our associate artists. She's one of the world's top 
lighting designers on, on Broadway and in the West End. And um, she's brought such an incredible atmosphere to this piece now, and, and the drama is brought out more strongly. Um, she's interesting. She paints with light. She paints from darkness to light which is unusual, apparently, that a lot of lighting designers sort of do it the other way around. Um, but she paints in the light. Um, and it creates incredible atmosphere and intimacy on a big stage, you know, so and it works so well for this piece. Um, but um, that Les has had another look at the designs, the, the set design. Uh, some of the costumes are different. It's not, it's not the, exactly the same production as was seen on Broadway some years ago, but essentially, you know, it's the same story and it's the same characters, but we've had the chance to really hone it and give it a modern theatrical uh, uh, look. Because if you think about a piece that was made 25 years ago, which Swan Lake was this year, it's the 25th anniversary. Um, there's a lot happened since then. You know, we have, we encompass a bit of projection in in our storytelling, um, all sorts of theatrical uh, things you can do now that you couldn't do then. So I, you know, it's 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 not an old touring production touring around. It's a bang up to date, brand new everything. So we're we're very proud of it. For sure. Um, we've gone a lot into, you know, um, Les's costumes and Paulie's, you know, painting with light. Um, let's go mm. unpack the, um, unpack the set design a little bit more for me. You know, if we're, and we're, we're radio, so try to paint a visual picture with your words here. So when we come into the Kennedy Center, what are we going to see, um, in terms of a set on stage? Well, all of our shows are spectacular, you know, and we, we pride ourselves on, reproducing the same show that you see you know in any city it's the same you know we we reproduce the show um exactly as and it's it's got an epic feel about it uh the 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 basic set is is these sort of very uh imposing columns that give the sense of a royal uh background you know but then into those columns comes uh, uh the nature in a sense the park and the moonlight and um, it's a bit difficult to explain in many ways because it's um, it's kind of poetic and nightmarish sometimes, um, and it's like going inside somebody's train of thought, train of consciousness at times. Um, so as soon as I put it into words, it sounds odd. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's one of those things you have to sort of experience and ask the questions yourself. But um, it, it, it's. Uh, Part of the reason that people love the piece, I think, is it you as you watch it, it it it's quite clear in its storytelling, but also there's a lot of question marks as well, and you you enjoy working it out for yourself as well. What exactly is going on here, and what the psychology of the characters is, and is this a man? Is it a swan? Is it a, an animal? What what's going on? You know, who who does he fall in love with? Um, there's a lot of questions to be answered there. It's not straightforward. Absolutely. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Now, who do we, uh, you know, dish on the dancers a little bit. Who do we have actually performing as those, those male swans, those, which are now iconic in their own right? <laughs> Yes, yeah. Well, it's a it's very interesting, uh, Jason, because all the uh, the whole cast of Swan Lake grew up with this piece. You know, all of, all of the people who came to audition for it for this production, this is the piece that it's their dream to be in. You know, especially the young men, um, and I'm like some sort of historic figure to them. Who you know, many of them were not born when I made the piece, <laughs> so that's been the. A bit of a shocker this time for me, but it's um, it's true. Um, so you get incredible um, uh, passion from the cast for this show because it's their it's their dream show, dream roles. So the guys who play in the Swan, it's um, it's an incredible experience, and all the Swans, in fact. But the the lead Swan, um, we have uh, a company dancer that's come up through my company over a few years called Will Bozier, who's who's terrific and got incredible power and uh, magnetism and charisma on stage um, and we have a dancer called Max Westwell who came through the English National Ballet and, and has come from more of a ballet route I mean my da- I should say my dancers are made up from many different backgrounds some from musical theatre some from ballet some from contemporary dance uh, a real mix and Max has come from a ballet route um, he's powerful sexy all the things you want from the role you know um, and actually, um, for one show only in, at the Kennedy Center, we have, uh, Matthew Ball is coming over, who's, um, uh, been dancing with, uh, with us in London last year. I mean, he's from the Royal Ballet, and he's one of the Royal Ballet's big new stars. And he's coming over to do a show on the Saturday matinee, um, before he goes off to New York and does some shows there with us, with, with Swan Lake. So you get three different swans, all from very, very different backgrounds, very different. They're all coming at it from different places. All worth seeing, I would say, you know, and the print, the, the guys playing the prince, it's an incredibly emotional, uh, tour de force from them. Um, we got two, we get a very young, uh, new talent, James Lovell, who's playing the prince in the first few performances at the Kennedy Center. And then one of our big company stars, Liam Mower, is coming over to play the prince for the rest of the week. Um, and he's just been nominated for that role, actually, as a, a national dance award as the prince in our Swan Lake. So, um, Obviously, we wanted to pitch our best dancers for the Kennedy Center because it's our debut there in terms of Swan Lake. We've performed there in other pieces, but uh, we've never actually performed Swan Lake at the Kennedy Center. So we're we're thrilled finally to be doing that. Awesome.
what you mentioned Kennedy Center, what makes it so special to perform there for you? I mean, you keep coming back time and again, but it's yeah. definitely a historic place. <laughs> it's difficult to explain, I best guess, when you're there, but I mean, you mention it here. It's it's such an iconic um, venue. Um, it feels so prestigious. I feel very proud to say, oh, we're performing at the Kennedy Center next week in Washington, D.C. It sounds amazing. you know. And when you arrive there, of course, it's the most impressive, uh, daunting even, building you know, to arrive at. It's, it's spectacular. Um, so, you know, we just love that we have this relationship with audiences there who've got to know and, and like our work over a few years, you know, and we just hope we can keep, keep bringing new pieces to uh, to the audience there a very appreciative audience of our work i find and um uh so it's when you get that um connection uh you want it to keep growing you know so we've we've got a lovely relationship with everyone at the kennedy center and and with the the amazing audiences that we get uh go a little more into um the music itself, Tchaikovsky it's so iconic and i i mean it's there's something like why is something so haunting, um, almost hypnotic? And it's like some circular feel that sounds to the way the music unfolds, and it kind of, you know, wraps us into this vortex. Uh, but explain, explain yes. what makes it, it so hypnotic. Well, it's it, it's contradictory actually the music of Tchaikovsky because um, on one level you've got the most melodious, beautiful music that you could actually put lyrics to and it would be a great musical you know you come out humming the songs every every piece has got a melody that you, you that you just sticks with you um on the other side of Tchaikovsky you've got a very troubled man who's com- conflicted in his his life and his sexuality and um was not always successful artistically in his day um, and you, that comes across in the music as well, incredible power and conflict and emotion. Um, put all those things together, you know, you've got a, a winner. Um, it's what everyone wants from a, uh, a piece and a production that uses that music. It's, um, it's so much to play with. You know, it gives you all the emotions that you need, as well as wit as well. You know, everything is there. Um, and that's why I've done all the Tchaikovsky ballets. I've done all three of them um, and loved doing them, um, each one of them, um, and reinterpreting, in a way, what I hear in that music. Because for me, they're all very famous ballets, as, as you know, and they're done many times. One of the problems for a dance fan like myself is to try and wipe away those images I have in my head of the piece. So I have to listen and listen and listen to the music to to hear what else might be in it and and what I can find in it because I don't want to just impose things onto the music. I'm very reverential when it comes to the music, um, and that's the thing I respect. I think more than anything, um, and so it's it's a it's always a, a a challenge, but a sort of really enjoyable challenge to. Uh, take that music and, that really makes you want to dance as well, but also makes you want to tell a, a great story. 
for sure. And it's hard to believe it's been, uh, you know, over 20 years. But if you if you can remember, what was it like sitting there um, on, on Tony night and, and, you know, hearing it, I guess, called three times, <laughs> winning three times? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, <laughs> Tony night was was crazy. I mean, for a start, the show had closed. OK, so Swan Lake had been on for about three or four months, which for a dance piece is pretty damn good um but we uh weren't expecting to win anything because as you know sometimes the you know the tonys are more likely to go to shows that are currently playing to support the shows so we thought we well, it's nice to be here but we're not going to win anything um but then we did you know and i i think i got the very first award of the evening which was for choreography which is the one i was secretly hoping i might get you know because i i thought I might have a chance with that one and it was presented by my friend uh, Alan Cumming who's always been a very good friend of mine we started our careers together at the RSC and um, he was the presenter so it was a lovely thing you know to have Alan present this award to me it was just very special and then I thought I would relax for the evening and I, you know it was amazing <laughs> to have won a Tony award and then I got another one <laughs> the director one which I really wasn't expecting at all <laughs> and i come face to face uh in the when i'm making my speech uh with hal prince who was also nominated and he wasn't looking very happy i have to say and um, <laughs> I, he was directly in my eye line um and i i should tell you cut to years later like 20 years later i actually finally met hal prince um, somebody introduced us, and he just looked to me and said, you're the guy who stole my Tony Award. So <laughs> he'd never forgotten it, you know. But he was lovely about it, of course, you know. Um, but, you know, it was a, thr- a complete thrill and a, one of the, the great memorable nights of my life, really. And it was so lovely that my parents were there to see it. I managed to get them over for the Tony Awards, and they were both there. So that was a lovely thing. Awesome. Well, that was 20 years ago. Uh, now, flash forward, you know, just sort of in closing, bringing it full circle. 20 years later, what still gets you up in the morning to do this piece? You know, it's, uh, some you know, some people might have had the success all that that long ago, and then just you know, hung it up and moved on to something else. Of course, you have moved on to yeah, a ton sure. of other things. Um, you know, Mary Poppins, Red Shoes, everything, Cinderella. Yeah. But what about this still in, inspires you all these years later? You know. Well, I still feel great about it. I, I, I would probably feel not so great about it if I'd never had another successful piece. You know, <laughs> sort of it would be like, okay, one hit wonder. You know, that that was always a worry. The fact of had, you know, like the company's got twelve full length pieces now that we tour and, you know, that we revive and uh, is great. And I love reviving work. So you say I never get bored with the pieces. They're never around all the time. So Swan Lake, we'll put it to bed this year once it finishes in the American tour for probably four or five years you know it won't it's not around all the time and when it comes back it'll be fresh again for me um but the thing that gets me up in the morning as you as you put it um is the talent actually the young talent that I get to work with and I don't I don't get tied to old casts you know like some choreographers and directors do they don't really want to see anyone but the original people doing a role or they they're always a bit disappointed. For me, I'm constantly excited and renewed by the talent I get to work with. And I want them to be good. You know, it's more about them in a way than me. And I want them to be good in these roles. And I, I kind of love nurturing that talent. That's what gets me up in the morning.
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You've been really generous with your time. We'll let you get back at it um, over there in London uh, with the red shoes. But um, <laughs> just reminding everybody, um, again, uh, this is Matthew Barnes' new adventures, Swan Lake, coming to the Kennedy Center. Thank you so much. It was, it's an honor to talk to with you finally. Thanks so much, Jason. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.